Well, Doug, thank you so much for that very kind introduction. I just want to offer, Doug, my heartfelt congratulations on taking on such an important role in leadership at the Edmonton Chamber. I have mentioned to uh, the Chamber Board in the past how much I rely on it, particularly the Edmonton Chamber of Commerce, but also the Calgary Chamber, because I think not only do you advocate for great policy positions on behalf of the city, but you do for the province. And I think that you have a way that makes a, a huge difference in the country as well. I probably shared this with some of you before, but the notion of economic corridors was first introduced to me by your former chamber president, James Cumming. And it stayed with me all these years. And you probably saw that our transportation economic corridors minister a few months ago signed an economic corridors agreement with Saskatchewan and Manitoba. So I just want to give credit where due. You guys have uh, have really given us some great policy ideas. I'm looking forward to Doug being in this role so that he can give us uh, a whole lot more great policy ideas. Uh, I would just say that um, the chamber is lucky to have someone like Doug who knows Edmonton front and back with his decades of dedicated public service and leadership. And I'm looking forward to working with him to ensure Edmonton and the whole capital region remain a place where anyone would want to build and grow a business and raise a family. I should mention, because there are a lot of politicians in the room and a lot of new faces after the last election. So I wouldn't mind if I could just introduce you to some of the members of my team and I would ask them to stand as I mention who is here so that you know everybody is interested in having a relationship with the Edmonton Chamber. As I mentioned, my Transportation and Economic Corridors Minister Devin Dreeshen is here. Joseph Scow, who may be the most popular in the person in the room right now announcing Canadian Finals Rodeo, is indeed going to be in Edmonton in October of next year. We've got Dale Nally, Minister of Service, Alberta Red Tape Reduction and AGLC. We've got Nathan Newdorf, our Minister of Affordability and Utilities. Rick Wilson is our Minister of Indigenous Relations. Cyril Turton is Minister of Children and Family Services. We've got Justin Wright here, Cypress Medicine Hat, Brandon Lunty, Leduc Beaumont, Jackie Lovely, Camrose Wittasquin, Tani Yao, Scott Sir, um, uh, Asir, pardon me, Grant Hunter, Andrew Bochenko, Martin Long, Glenn Van Dyken. We've got Ron Weeb. We've got Eric Bouchard, we've got uh, Garth Roswell, and uh, Nathan, or sorry, Nolan D- uh, Dick, as well as Chantel de Jong. So we almost have enough people here that we could do a caucus meeting. So uh, just give them a round of applause. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I don't have a list of all of the uh, NDP MLAs here, um, and they are a new group. So if there are NDP MLAs here as well, please stand and be recognized, because I'm sure that uh, as representatives of the community as well, people would like to know who you are. I saw that Darren Billis is here. Yeah, thank you. Well, I spoke to the Edmonton Chamber of Commerce a few months ago about building on the success that we've seen in the capital region. And since then, we have seen continued economic and job growth, which means more opportunities for people and for investors. And we believe that that momentum will continue. We're just a a couple of days away from the new legislative session uh, when the throne speech will spell out our government's plans. And while I can't go into great detail just yet, it's no secret that Alberta's government is looking to improve competitiveness in new and effective ways. We'll be working to ensure that Alberta continues to stand out across Canada and across the world as the best destination for investment and talent. And most importantly, we're going to continue to ensure everyone knows through both our words and our actions that Alberta is open for business. 
and it's the government's responsibility to ensure that it stays that way. We want investment dollars in Alberta, and we want them working quickly, building businesses, services, and technologies, and creating jobs and opportunities. So we want to remove as many obstructions to investment growth and job creation as possible to create the best conditions for success. And it starts with lower taxes. Our general corporate income tax rate of 8% is 30% lower than the next lowest province. And our combined federal-provincial tax rate is lower than the combined rates in 44 U.S. jurisdictions. Having and helping to create this low tax environment was one of the UCP government's first initiatives after being elected in 2019, but it was only one step. We also want to ensure industry can move quickly and nimbly from the word go. To get there, we collaborated with industry to identify where trimming the regulatory burden would be the most effective. And I'm proud to say that this year we're on track to reach our goal of a one-third reduction in business stifling red tape, which uh, we believe saves job creators an estimated $2.6 billion since 2019. After years of uncertainty and difficulty caused by the pandemic and inflation, we want businesses to know that they will get to stay open and grow and create more jobs. And the the progress that these measures have helped to enable is real. Last fiscal year, corporate income tax revenue was $8.2 billion. That was Alberta's highest amount in a single year. And this is good news for all Albertans because the sustained growth is enabling better funding of schools and hospitals and roads to keep up with the growing population. And we want businesses to be confident about investing in our future for the long term. One area, of course, is energy. Alberta is Canada's leader in oil and natural gas production. And industry isn't just producing more, it's diversifying up the value chain to further process hydrocarbons. So we created the Alberta Petrochemicals Incentive Program to further encourage it. The program funds 12% of a project's eligible capital cost for any petrochemical facility using natural gas as a feedstock. And so far, we have approved more than $600 million in rebates for projects run by Dow Canada, Interpipeline, and Air Products. And I'm pleased to say that we have more applications in progress, representing nearly $36 billion worth of investment and more than 2,400 permanent jobs. But we're not only focused on growing our energy industry to accelerate opportunities in our agriculture industry. Alberta's government also created a new agri-processing investment tax credit that was to bring us closer to some of the investment that we see in Saskatchewan. And we're working on similar initiatives for carbon-intensive tech like carbon capture, ammonia, helium, lithium, LNG, minerals, and geothermal energy. At the same time, our tourism industry and all the sub-industries it supports is growing strong. Tourism spending has more than recovered from the pandemic downturn with substantial increases over 2019. So we are more than recovered from where we were in 2019. And economic forecasters, banks, and financial institutions expect that Alberta will lead the country in growth over the next two years. They recognize that Alberta isn't just open for business. It's by far the best place to do business. I do wish I could say the road ahead is fully clear, but there are still obstacles to our province's success, some of them, unfortunately, created by the federal government. Now, I'm sure you're all aware of Ottawa's proposed clean electricity regulations, and I do want to be clear always when I'm talking about emissions reduction. Alberta and Canada are united in our pursuit of carbon neutrality by 2050. 
Where we disagree is with the accelerated federal timelines for electricity, which will force rapid and risky changes to the nation's power grid by 2035, hurting our economy, reducing reliability, and making life more expensive for families. Electricity demand could double between now and 2050. And Canada's generation capacity will have to be up to three times greater in 2050 than it is today. So that's why forecasters still expect that fossil fuel demand will stay strong for decades, even with massive growth in renewables. Energy production is not the problem. Emissions are the problem, which is why government and industry need to help producers reduce emissions as quickly as possible. Ottawa's approach to emissions is rushed, reckless, and unrealistic, and as we've learned, unconstitutional, which I will say more about in a minute. The federal cap on all oil and natural gas emissions that is expected to be released this year calls for an arbitrary 42% reduction in emissions by 2030. S&P Global estimates that that would require Alberta's energy sector to cut production by 1.3 million barrels per day, affecting 9,500 jobs. And if oil stays at $90 a barrel, we get one-third of that as royalties. You can imagine how much it will impact our ability to generate revenues so that we can continue to spend on the things that Albertans care about. Meanwhile, we're still waiting for federal legislation to enable an investment tax credit on carbon capture utilization and storage. More than two and a half years since it was first announced. We'll be announcing our structure in time for me to go to COP28, which is going to be at the beginning of December. Now, Alberta's not asking for special treatment. We need the federal government to recognize that parts of the country don't have access to low-emission power generation like nuclear and hydroelectric, and we can't get to net zero as quickly and as affordably as others can. That doesn't mean that we're taking it slow. We're actually moving a lot faster than the federal government. Alberta's government released its emissions reduction and energy development plan in April, and we're investing in technologies not only to help industry, but to produce fewer greenhouse gases and remove them from the atmosphere. We're we're making big investments in carbon capture utilization and storage in the billions of dollars, and, of course, in hydrogen, especially here in Edmonton and surrounding area with our work to help build the hydrogen hub. I was just with Mayor Sohi at an event yesterday in Strathcona County where they've launched their hydrogen bus since out out on the road now and and receiving its first passengers, as as are they in Strathcona County. Ottawa's attempts at obstruction aren't proving an unqualified success. As I mentioned, the Supreme Court recently found that the Federal Impact Assessment Act is largely unconstitutional. This opinion safeguards provincial responsibility for non-renewable resource development. But keep in mind, electricity generation is also under Section 92 of that Act. It's a big win for Alberta, as well as for the six other provinces that joined us and the First Nations leadership that did, as well as all the business groups who intervened. But it's a blow against the Ottawa knows best attitude that's prevailed in dealing with the Federation. So there are reasons to be optimistic about the future that Alberta is building. The future is founded on realistic, achievable pathways to carbon neutrality by 2050, and also on a strong economy and affordable cost of of living and doing business. But the fight isn't over. Expect further interference on more policies based on ideology instead of facts. And when we see further interference based on ideology and not facts, we will keep countering it. 
with the truth, like the national public awareness campaign we've launched against the proposed electricity regulations. And we'll keep coming up with well-informed, thoughtful decisions that protect both the environment and the economy. And these decisions will always be guided by the feedback and concerns of organizations like Edmonton's Chamber of Commerce. I hope that the one thing you take away today is this, that we are prepared to put in the work and do what it takes to create the most business-friendly environment in Canada. We want job creators to succeed so that you can do what you do best, which is create jobs and grow our economy. You know this, what this city needs better than anyone, and I appreciate your work as partners with Alberta's government to continue building a strong future for Albertans, a strong future that includes a strong Edmonton and capital region. And I look forward to answering your questions. Thanks for having me here today.